to double your sales now. Your resources to selling strategies, tips, and best practices to take your performance to the next level. There's no reason you can't double your sales. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Double Your Sales Now, where you learn all the tips, mindset shifts, tools, and strategies to two times your sales in any niche. I'm your host, Ursula Minches, and I am super excited to dive into today's show. It is our 50th episode, and I am actually turning the mic on myself, and I'm going to be interviewing me today. <laughs> so I've been thinking about doing this for a while, and I thought it would be fun to do it for our 50th episode to celebrate the show, just all of the awesome people I've been able to interview over the last, gosh, more almost a year now that we've been doing the show. So Thank you for joining us today. I'm thrilled that we have listeners now from all over the world. And I just say hello to you. If there's ever anything we can do for you, please email me directly at Ursula at salescoachnow.com. And that's U-R-S-U-L-A at salescoachnow.com. We'd love to hear from you. So today, yeah, I'm I'm actually going to ask myself some of these questions. <laughs> some of you have heard my story, but I'm excited to share it with those who haven't and, and kind of dig deep into these questions about sales and selling. Of course, I have to introduce myself as well, which is a little interesting, maybe a even a little awkward, but <laughs> I'll tell you a little bit about me and then I'll, I'll tell you my story. I'm an author, which many of you know, I'm an author of four books, One Great Goal, Selling with Intention, Selling with Synchronicity, and of course now The Belief Zone, which truly is a culmination of you know all the books put together and my experience and my journey. All of my books are available on Amazon. It's probably the easiest way to get them. You can also find them on my website, but I would just go to Amazon. Most of you probably have a Prime account, so it's easy to order them there. My journey, my background, you know, I didn't set out to be in sales. I don't, I don't know that most people decide that they're going to have a career in sales, although I think that's starting to shift. Most people think of selling as a backup plan. And for me, it kind of was. I didn't see myself in business either. In fact, you know, I grew up on a farm in southern Minnesota and thought that I would be a veterinarian or maybe I would stay on the farm forever, but realized pretty quickly that that wasn't going to happen and wasn't an option for me. And so my parents said, go to college and get a good job. So I did. I, I went to St. Olaf College. And well, at least I went to college. I don't know about the get a good job part right away. <laughs> I went to St. Olaf College, got a degree in psychology and communication and realized when I was done with that, that I didn't have many options. Really, my option was to go on to graduate school of some kind. And at that time, I thought I was going to go to law school. And I looked at law school, realized it was going to cost a lot of money. I took all these tests at the Career Development Center. They said I'd be really good in sales and marketing. Didn't know what that meant, really. You know, was that selling. What what does that really mean? Marketing. I was intrigued by it. At that point, I was more interested in psychology. It was one of the reasons I worked in the Career Development Center because I loved to talk to the psychologists who were helping students in there. And so I had this this kind of pull, but I was I was interested in business. So you know, if I look at my life now and I think, wow, look how psychology and business came together so seamlessly and so so beautifully. But of course, you know, when you're in your early 20s, you don't see that. Instead, I saw panic because I realized I had to 
pay my college loans back. I had I had some I'd gotten some great scholarships, but I had a little bit of a loan that I needed to pay off and wanted to go to law school. And so at that time I was working at Pier One Imports and making six dollars and twenty-five cents an hour. And you know, it was a good wage. It was a fair wage, but it certainly wasn't going to pay for law school. And I thought, well, what am I gonna do next? What am I gonna do? And my friend, my dear friend Jana came to me and said, Hey, I've got this great opportunity for us. She worked at Pier One Imports with me as well. She was a St. Oli St. Olaf grad and Oli grad also. And I said, well, what's the opportunity? She said, well, I've already talked to the people at Pier 1 and they'll transfer us from the Burnsville Pier 1 location to the Boulder location and we'll have a job when we get there and we can live with some of my family members. She had an incredible aunt and uncle who lived in Boulder and they were going to let us live with them. So, you know, we got, we picked up, we moved. I mean, this was just an amazing opportunity for us because we were great friends. We got to hang out. We got to work at Pier 1. We got to live in the foothills of Boulder. We just had a great, great, great time. Um, What we realized pretty quickly though is that we couldn't live with her aunt and uncle forever, although they were very, very generous with us. And we decided, you know, that we had to start looking for jobs that would pay us a little bit more. And so I was working at Pier One Day, Pier One one day, and you know, this is the truth. Like when you get really clear on something, the next step always shows up. And of course, you probably, if you've read any law of attraction books or you've read about universal law, you know, this, this is what we call, some people call it the woo woo or new thought world. They talk about that a lot, right? Universal law, decide that you want something and the way shows up. Well, I didn't, I'd never read that before, but I experienced that because I got really clear. I said, yes, I'm going to get this job. I'm going to get a job in outside sales. I decided that I needed a job in outside sales. That was my next step. And within a couple of weeks, or maybe even a week, I don't really remember now, but it was really fast. I, I met someone who worked for an international computer training and consulting company. Uh, and she worked in the Boulder office, but they were actually uh, hiring in the Denver office. So I interviewed and they hired me pretty quickly. And I, I still kind of laugh. I, I'm, I'm not sure why they hired me. I, I remember thinking, I don't have any sales experience. I don't have any technical knowledge. So it was all about you know just my background in you know, college, my leadership position, some of the jobs I'd had. And I think they thought I would work really hard because I grew up on a farm. And let me tell you, they were right. I mean, on the farm, you work 24 seven, like there's always something to do. You never stop. And so everything after the farm to me seemed like a piece of cake, (laughs) seemed very easy. So just had this, had this thought every time I go to work, like this is my job, this is work. Now, once they started training me on how to make sales calls, though, that started to shift a little bit because I realized how much I hated cold calling. I hated selling. And yeah, so here I am. I've got this job in outside sales. I'm really excited about it. But now I hate selling. What am I going to do? So I went out and bought every book I could on sales and selling from Brian Tracy's The Psychology of Selling, which is still one of my favorites, to Jeffrey Gittimer and on and on. And I just, I read these books and, and they were amazing. And believe me, I learned a lot. And it was, you know, very useful sales strategy information. But when I would take it out to the client, you know, when I would make cold calls to set appointments, it felt kind of off and things just weren't clicking for me. I was, I had a lot of fear about selling. I, you know, was, had a lot of limiting beliefs and started to get caught in that cycle of people not wanting to talk to me. And I was like, what am I going to do? Like, this is my job. I got to figure it out. And so at about that same time, I found a book that changed my life by the now late Dr. Wayne Dyer called The Power of Intention. I'm sure many of you have heard of that book. But for me, it was it was a life changer because I went from feeling pretty powerless to thinking, wow, what if I can really impact the sales process? What if every time I pick up the phone, 
I can get the appointment. And what if every time I get the appointment, I could actually close the sale? Because what I realized is that when my intention was super clear, I used different words, right? Instead of, well, what do you think? Do you want to have an appointment with me? I mean, who's going to say yes to that too? I'm you know, calling you because I've learned a lot about your company. I know we can solve some of your problems. I know we can make changes for you. I want to meet with you. Like I was really clear. That was my intention. And in that moment of confidence and clear intention, they started to say yes to me. And then once I had the appointment and I was in front of them, I had the clear intention that they were my new client. I was going to get the appointment, use different language, and suddenly I was getting a lot of appointments. And so that was a that was a big, a major shift. And pretty quickly my territory started to grow. My sales started to grow. And within eight months I was promoted. It was very, very shocking. I remember still being I'm still shocked by this because there was an opportunity to take on the Colorado Springs office as a selling sales manager. And so I I said yes to that. And I commuted for a year from Denver to Colorado Springs because I didn't want to move, which is a whole other story. But I did it and grew that office. We grew that office from about nothing to approximately $83,300 per month, which of course, if you do the math is about a million dollars a year, which was pretty, pretty exciting. And so my manager came to meet with me after a year. He said, how do you think you're doing? I said, I think I'm doing okay. He said, well, you did so much better than we thought you were going to do. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so my manager, Craig, came down to meet with me and he said, how do you think you're doing? I said, I think... I think I'm doing okay. He said, you did so much better than we thought you were going to do. I was like, okay, what does that mean? He said, we just opened up an office in California and we're interested in having you out and run it. And long and short of it is at first I said, no, I didn't want to move. They offered me a base salary of 65000 a year plus commission for me at that time. I mean, for anyone, that could be a lot of money. For me, it was like winning the lottery. It was so such a big opportunity, plus commission, plus overrides. And so I immediately said yes when I found out the opportunity. I didn't have, I mean, there was, Color Springs was going great, but this was a major opportunity and you know a chance to be in Southern California. And once I got out to Southern California, I really fell in love with it. I mean, what's not to love, right? You have the mountains, you have the ocean. It's incredible. It's gorgeous. It's fun. It's very entrepreneurial. And so I, you know, immediately just was grateful to be out in that, that kind of that feeling, that atmosphere of California. And we, I, I met with all the employees when I got out there and realized that, you know, that office was losing quite a bit of money. And we did a quick turnaround on it. I had a approximately at that time, about five salespeople on my team. And I sat them down. We talked about the power of selling with intention, what it would take for them to really sell with intention. And, and that was before my book, before I wrote my book, but I, I didn't have the ideas of the book yet. I didn't really know, you know what that was going to turn into. But really quickly, we grew that office to approximately... 300,000 a month pretty quickly. Within about a year, we were at even more than that and growing quickly. Within three years, we grew that office at times to about $3 million a month. So we had this incredible journey, this incredible trajectory. And I look back at that and I just, it shocks me because I think, how did we, how did we manage to make that happen? But the truth is we were selling with intention. We were doing some of the things that I'm going to share with you today. And it just made, it just, I look back, it was just such a shocking journey. It was shocking too to the salespeople who were part of it, who, you know, were having these major breakthroughs. And what it taught me is that really, truly anything is possible and anything is possible in business and sales as well. Often we're thinking way too small. Often we aren't focused on our, you know, top 20% of clients and we waste a lot of time getting stuck in the minutia. And, you know, I want to share some of those things with you today, like what really helped us break through. And, you know, we grew that company. Eventually, by the time I was 27 years old, I became president of the company. 
And, you know, it's by that time, multi, multi, multi million dollar company. And it was just this incredible journey. It was like getting an MBA on steroids. I just, I, cause I, because I learned so much and it, it set me up to have my own company someday, truly. And I'm grateful for that opportunity. At the, so that was at the age of 27. I was president of the company by the time a couple of years later, the company was sold and I just decided to go out on my own. And, you know, it was after 9 11. It was, it was kind of a tough time in the training industry. So it wasn't like we were, you know, it was a great time to, have the end of that journey, but it was what it was. And so I went out and looked for a new opportunity, ended up doing some consulting for a while, but kind of felt lost. And I remember working with a recruiter and I was talking to the recruiter and, you know, he was, I wanted to be the president of the next, you know, $20 million company. And he would kind of laugh at me. And finally, one day he said, Ursula, why don't you just start your own company? And it was like, ding, ding, ding. Why don't I just start my own company? What, what could that look like? And I went home and told my husband, of course, my husband rolled his eyes. He was like, I've been telling you that forever. So the universe had given me many signs to start my own company. So I finally did it. And, and since then, I've had the opportunity allowed me to having my own company has allowed me to have peace, a lot of peace and freedom in my life, but most of all, help a lot of entrepreneurs and sales professionals make a lot of money so that they can give back to the organizations they care about and live a great life. Like that's what gets me up every day. That is my mission. That's what I care about. And, you know, I've, it's, you know, it's given me the opportunity to write a lot of books and to just, you know, grow my speaking career, which was not something I had expected I was going to do because I have a deep fear of public speaking. You can Google this. I actually have glossophobia and overcoming that was, you know, a big part of my journey, which I'll, I'll share a little bit with you today. So, you know, I, um, so that, that's my story. That's why I ended up, that's why, how I got here. And of course, along the way, I have to give credit to so many mentors and coaches who showed up on the way and really made a difference in my life. As I'm sure those of you who are listening who ha- have had many mentors and coaches as well. So here we go. I'm going to turn turn the tables on myself. I'm going to ask these questions as if I'm interviewing me. And um, let's let's see what comes up. I'm, I'm excited to find out what's going on. If you're not drinking a cup of coffee, cheers. I'm having a nice cup of coffee with you this morning. A little Nespresso always hits the spot. So when I, the first question, so Ursula, (laughs) when I launched my first business, what limiting beliefs did I have about sales and selling, right? First question I always ask. And this is so funny because I've had, so I'm turning the tables on myself, right? I'm asking this question when... I launched my business for the first time. What limiting beliefs did I have about sales or selling? I had so many limiting beliefs about sales and selling, and I've already shared some of those with you. But when I started my own company, you know, it was all about myself and my self-worth because what you realize really quickly when you have your own company is that you're selling you first and foremost and you have to get past that but it's so hard because I you know it was easy for me to sell someone else's product but when it was just me it was like wow who am I am I enough am I worth it you know is my product worth it is my training worth it and I always say that now looking back you know having your own business is the biggest self-development course you'll ever have or you'll ever be on, right? Because it forces you to think about, it forces you to look at yourself. It brings everything up, right? And so I, that's what started me on my own healing journey. It's what started me on my self-development journey. It's what started me studying quantum physics, really. I mean, it was like what's led down that path because I had to take a good hard look at what I believed about me. It's easy to hide behind other products or services, but when you become the product or service, it is, you are, it's, you become very vulnerable, which, you know, I, I did. And I had to face some pretty hard truths. And I, I, you know, the thing I realized really quickly is I couldn't do it alone. I needed to find people who would help me. And it's one of the reasons that I studied NLP at the NLP Institute of California. 
which was amazing. It was, it was four weeks spread out over about six months. We'd go back for a week at a time. And I think I cried through the first two weeks of, of the training sessions because I just had so much stuff coming up that I didn't even know I had to work on. But there was just a lot of stuff from childhood and, you know, elementary school and high school and all these things that had happened that had kind of gotten lodged and I didn't know it. And so I had to confront it. And but what was amazing, though, is that I got these tools, these NLP tools. I met all of these healers and I was able to change a lot of living beliefs and shift a lot of my my internal world so that I could, you know, show up as the confident human being that I wanted to show up as, which, of course, translated into translated into sales in my business eventually. The next question, of course, is, you know, when did you double your sales for the first time? Well, in my own company, I remember, you know, I started out in 2004 as a just a business coaching company. And, you know, it was okay. It was it was successful. I was making a good living. I'd replaced my income, but I wasn't making I wasn't doing extremely well and it wasn't where I wanted to be. But one of the things that happened was the market started to crash around, you know, 2006-2007 and, you know, even more so 2000 Eight And I, in between that time, you know, my husband and I had taken on a lot of real estate. So kind of like right before the crash in California, we noticed it pretty early, I think, because we, we were in the Inland Empire. And when the market crashed, it crashed fast. And I remember like just being so petrified because all of a sudden we had six mortgages to pay. We didn't have renters. We couldn't sell the houses. And we just thought, what are we going to do? And at that time, you know, we, the right thing to do seemed to keep, of course, was to keep paying mortgages because we had no idea what we were in for. We didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know how long the market was going to be down. Ha ha ha. For those of you who know, like it was, we were decimated. I mean, the market was stayed down for a long time in California. It's still recovering, but I didn't know that. And so I realized that, you know, I was going to have to grow my business really quickly to not only pay all my business costs, pay myself, but also start to cover six mortgages. So that was my motivation to get to the next level. And often necessity necessity is the, the thing that that you know breeds success or takes us to that next level and i absolutely had to grow the business quickly. And so at that time, I had thought about launching a class and it was based on my book. It was my book at that time. I I was working on the Selling with Intention Intensive. I was working on the Selling with Intention and I was working on Selling with Intention. And I decided that I wanted to have a class on it. And so I launched the Selling with Intention Intensive at that time, at a very stressful time. And I charged $1,000 a person, which I didn't think anyone would pay. It turned out we filled the class and people did pay. And of course, I had, um, not of course, but I had amazing support from the Inland Empire Women's Business Center at that time who donated space. And in exchange, I had given them some seats for some of their their clients. And so I didn't have a lot of costs. And it was it was amazing because I, it was amazing because the class was profitable right out of the gate, which I had not, you know, thought was possible. And I was able to pay the mortgages that month, my husband and I. But of course, Tim, Tim had lots of his things going on as well, but he was in real estate. So <laughs> things had very much slowed down for him as well. And it just was, it was not, it wasn't a great time, but we got through it. And that was when I doubled my sales for the first time. It was more than a double. I mean, it was such a significant growth time because I started offering more and more of those classes. So third question, after I doubled my sales, what did I believe about sales and selling then? I... I started to get really clear that because I was getting feedback from my clients and feedback makes a big difference, right? I was getting feedback that not only did they enjoy the class, but they were getting great results and they were actually growing their business really quickly. Some were doubling and tripling their sales in a short amount of time. And so all of a sudden my belief went from, oh my gosh, I'm selling something to, 
I'm solving problems. And today I always say, you know, I'm I'm not a salesperson. I'm a professionally persistent problem solver. And I'm going to keep calling you until I can solve your problem if you let me, right? And that's what I want all of you to think as well. You are a professionally persistent problem solver and you are going to keep calling until you solve their problem. Because when you believe that, when you know that you are a professionally persistent problem solver, you become unstoppable. So hopefully you wrote that down. What's So the number one limiting belief that I look back and... Gosh, there were so many limiting beliefs that I I had in the past, but the number one limiting belief was really about self-worth. And I I touched on this already, but it was believing that I was worth it so that I could believe my product was worth it. And we we've talked a lot about this on the show that the the imposter syndrome, you know, the imposter syndrome is, you know, alive. I know people who've been who we perceive as being, you know, super super successful and yet, you know, they still think someone's going to find out, you know, are they enough. And if not, I mean, what, if I'm not enough, what does that mean? And so, you know, looking at yourself, of course, we're all enough. We, we know we're all enough, but sometimes we don't feel like we are enough. Right. And yet that's just not the truth. The truth is that you are, you are more than enough right now. There's nothing that you need to do. There's nothing you need to change. There's nothing that needs to happen other than you knowing and trusting that you are you're already enough. And when you get that, a lot of times your businesses start to skyrocket. And so here's the thing. One of the reasons I do this show is so that you really do have a chance to look at your own limiting beliefs and see where you might be getting stuck so that you can work on them. And I just want you to encourage, I just want to encourage you to do that. Figure out where you're getting stuck so that you can make the changes that you need to make that you want to make in your business and in your life. All right, next question. This is one of my favorite questions is to share your top two strategies that you used to double your sales and how you did it. Because, you know, I think we learn through other people's, of course, we learn through other people's success stories and their examples, right? And so I want to help you in this way as well. Like what, what I did that worked well. So there's two things that I did in the very beginning that worked well for me. Number one is networking. And I networked all the time, everywhere, any day. <laughs> if there was a place to go networking, I was there in a, in a second. And the in the beginning, that was great. I needed to meet a lot of people. I grew a pretty large network in Southern California, which really launched my business. And I'm still connected to many of those people today who are clients and you know mentors and coaches and friends. Now, my rule of thumb for networking, which I share with my clients, is to find is a rule of three to find an association, a referral group, and a charity that you can be part of. Because a lot of people are networking too many places and they're overwhelmed. And of course, this is as your business starts to grow. In the beginning, you have to network a lot of places. I get it. So find that. Find an association, a business association that you could be part of. A referral group, and a referral group, you know, is like a BNI or a team team referral network. A group that allows you to pass leads back and forth to each other, which is really powerful. I was part of a group called the Leaders Club back in the day, which was wonderful. And the third one is to find a charity or a nonprofit that you care about and, and serve on the board. I really believe it's important to serve in that capacity because you get to know people at a different way and you get to impact the charity at a higher level. Now, all of these groups, I would encourage you to be on the, their leadership teams because that's where the magic happens and that's where the deeper relationships are built. The second strategy that I use that's been super successful and impactful in my business is speaking, which a lot of people, a lot of you probably probably know that already but I've been I've been a speaker for a long time and being you know a speaker has allowed me to be in front of so many 
perspective clients and people that I've been able to connect with and who become my clients over the years. What I didn't expect is that I would become a professional speaker. So I'm also paid to deliver keynotes. I'm also a professional trainer, which I didn't expect, especially as I mentioned earlier, because I have glossophobia, which is a super deep fear of public speaking. Like you'd rather die than get on stage. Some of you can relate to this. So it's certainly something that I've had to work hard to overcome over the years. But I've done it. And I know it's part of my journey, just, you know, learning to overcome fear, learning to bust through limiting beliefs, because it applies in speaking, it applies in selling, it applies in everything I do. And it's how I help my clients today. And so those were the top two strategies that we use networking and speaking. Now that has morphed over time as we've expanded into the online world. Certainly now social media and online marketing are really, really important tools. All right, next question. I'm an expert in, I would say sales. (laughs) That's my thing, right? So I want to share my top two to three strategies that I teach my clients and that we teach at our Selling with Intention. Wow, I was going to call it the Selling with Intention Intensive. That's my throwback. (laughs) Now we call it Sales Camp, our two-day sales camp course. Number one, so one of my, my top strategy, like if you want to grow your business is to have a goal that is worthy of you. All right. And what I mean by that is most of us are shooting for mediocre goals when we could be asking for the moon. We And the thing is, if you don't ask for it, it will never show up. I will promise you that. So if you have a five-figure business and you want a six-figure business, but you never create projections, meaning you never work out how to get there. You never work out how much you're going to sell per month or how many clients that is and what your costs are going to be. If you never put the numbers on paper, it cannot happen. When you get really clear on the numbers, right, the goal, and you break it down and you work it backwards to figure out how to get there, the way always shows up. I want you to think of projections. Projections, again, is just you know your sales goals, your cost of sales, and then the rest of your costs underneath that, your expenses, so you can figure out what your net profit is, right? That's that's how you can see what a projection is. You could do that over 12 months to see what your projection looks like for the entire year, right? When you have that, it is a roadmap. And my encouragement to all of you who are listening is to create a projection that is a big stretch goal for you. Now, a lot of people argue with me and say that's very, you know, that it's discouraging. So here's the trick, okay? Set the projection, but don't beat yourself up about it, all right? Like, let's say you want to be at 20,000 a month, and maybe you've never been at 20,000 a month. That's perfect, and that's fine. So, you know, that's, you can be at, you want to be there. And maybe the first month you hit 10,000, but you don't hit 20,000. Well, don't beat yourself up. Just realize, keep resetting that goal for 20,000. Because when you do that, you keep creating the space for it to get there and for the clients to show up. And that's the key. Hopefully that makes sense to everyone. The second strategy is to realize that you aren't being pushy. I mentioned this before, but I am a professionally persistent problem solver. And so are you. You are a professionally persistent problem solver. You're not pushy. You're not salesy. And I want you to just say that over and over again. Write it down. Put it everywhere where you're going to see it and just trust and know that that is who you are. Third, and this is big. We just spend a lot of time on this today, but you have to decide to work with your top 20% of clients. Like, Look at the clients you've been working with. And if you don't know your top 20%, an easy way to figure it out is to look at who your top client is. Who's your favorite client? What is it about your favorite client that you love? And it, it doesn't mean, and this could be a business, like there's someone at the business who represents that client, or it could be, you know, an individual client. So it could be a business, could be an individual client. But look at like what are the attributes of that client that makes it that makes them so great for you? Is it that you know, they they see you as the expert, they're coachable, they trust you, they pay you on time, they refer other clients? Like what is it that makes them your favorite? And then also look at other clients who aren't a fit. What is it about them that makes them not a fit for you, right? Why do you why do you know that they're not a fit? Often there is this, 
you know, there's some very clear reasons why they're not a good fit. And the next level of this is that you have to start saying no to those prospects and clients who aren't a fit. You just have to say no. If they're not ready, they're not ready. If it's not a good fit, they're not a good fit. It'll save you so much time and pain on the back end. Because the truth is, when you say yes to clients who are not a good fit, you have a limiting belief that there's not enough business out there. You have a limiting belief that there's just not enough. And when you believe that, that's when you start to get stuck. So what I want you to think about is who your top 20% is and get really clear that you're only going to say yes to your top 20% and start to say no to those clients who aren't, aren't a fit. I guarantee you, if you do that, your business will be in a different place in 90 days. So that's what I have for you today. I just want to thank you for listening. This has been such a pleasure. I do have a gift for you. If you haven't been to our website yet, we have a brand new webinar. So if you go to salescoachnow.com, at the very top right, it says, join me today for my new webinar. I'd love for you to do that. It's The webinar is the Authentic Sales Formula, an Entrepreneur's Guide to Serving More Clients Without Being Pushy or Salesy. Isn't that what we all want? So I'm going to encourage you to go there, sign up for it, go through the course. It lasts about an hour. And it's just a great way to jumpstart your sales or to take it to the next level this year. Again, I want to thank you all for listening. It's just a pleasure to connect with you from all over the world. If there's anything we can do for you, email me at Ursula at salescoachnow.com and make this your most epic year yet. Thank you for listening to Double Your Sales Now. To get even more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. That's salescoachnow.com. Join us again next week to learn how to double your sales now.